Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I love to answer your questions, and if you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Our listener, Maheen the Machine, writes, Hello, Victor. I trust you're safe and healthy. I've always had this belief that you collect gold for the day that the dollar loses most of its value, and then you cash in. Yet, I never hear the experts recommend to sell your gold. They always mention using gold as an insurance, but they never go into detail or give examples. You interviewed Russell Gray, and he's amazing. When he was talking about gold, he mentioned using gold with debt. He recently said the same thing on a recent podcast, Under Gold Opportunity. He states that you should marry gold with debt. This is unclear to me. I was wondering if you could shed your perspective. Sometimes the same information coming from a different source penetrates. At least, for my sake, let's hope so. Thank you for what you do. It's truly invaluable. Well, thank you, Maheen, for the kind words and for a great question. The philosophy that both Russell Gray and I share is that you should have the bulk of your assets in the form of hard assets with intrinsic value instead of paper assets or cash. In order for money to be considered money, it has to perform two functions. It's got to be a store of value and a means of exchange. And I say that again, it has to be a store of value and a means of exchange. Now, the U.S. dollar is a very good means of exchange, but as for a store of value, that's not as clear. We can debate how much inflation we think we have, but when you look in retrospect, there's no question we've experienced a significant amount of inflation over the years. In my lifetime, a cup of coffee has gone from 15 cents to more than $2. A gallon of gas has gone from 25 cents to about $2.50, and at times over $3. Now, we like to invest in real estate. More importantly, we like to use other people's money. That's a form of leverage. And when you use other people's money, you get to multiply your rate of return by using that leverage. But using other people's money isn't for free. There's always a cost. You either give a lender a rate of return on their money in the form of an interest rate, or you give a percentage of equity in the project to an equity investor. It's one or the other. If you borrow money, the interest rate you're going to pay is a function of the risk of the lender. If the lender's got a lot of security, they're probably going to be willing to offer you a lower rate. Funds borrowed with a high degree of security in today's rates might be as low as 3% or maybe 3.5% depending on the lender, but unsecured funds could be easily above 12 to 15%. The cheapest money will be the money that the lender has a guarantee of getting their principal back. Most of the time, borrowers secure their loan against a piece of real estate. The lender ends up having to qualify the borrower. They end up qualifying the market and the specific asset. It's a lot of due diligence. They're going to want three years of tax returns. They're going to want 12 months of history on the financial performance of the property, maybe a local market study. All of this is required to satisfy the lender that their collateral is going to keep them safe. Not only that, they need to perform a title search to make sure there's no other claims on the property or anything that could cloud the title. If that sounds complicated, well, it is. Now let's look at a very specific example. Let's say you want to invest in a townhouse that you're going to hold as a rental and the purchase price is $200,000. You're going to borrow 75% from the bank. The remaining 25% is the equity contribution. So you need 50,000 in cash to buy the property. Where are you going to get the 50 grand? In particular, in an inflationary environment, prices have a tendency to increase. 
But remember, the measure of inflation is an average. Some things rise faster than inflation and other things rise slower than inflation. Over the past 20 years, gold has increased in dollar terms by 540%. It hasn't been uniform. Some years it's gone up, some years it's gone down. Now, conversely, if you considered gold to be your point of reference, then maybe the dollar's fallen in value by 83% in the same time period. I'll give you another example. The four-bedroom house that my parents bought in 1967 in Halifax, Nova Scotia for $42,000 hasn't moved. It hasn't grown. It hasn't changed. It's no more useful to a family today than it was when they bought it brand new back in 1967. It has no more intrinsic value today than it did then. But if you were to buy that house today, you'd pay upwards of 800000 Now, has it really gone up that much in price? Yes. Has it gone up that much in value? Well, of course not. What we're seeing is the effect of inflation at work, slowly, steadily eroding your purchasing power year by year. Let's say instead of selling assets to raise that 50000 you decide that you want to borrow the 50000 Now, that would normally be considered an equity contribution to the purchase. So you go to your friend, the rich lawyer who's got tons of cash, and you ask to borrow the 50000 He asks if you have any assets to secure the loan with. You offer to put, say, $70,000 worth of gold in your friend's safety deposit box as collateral. That comes to about 40 ounces of gold. So you pledge 40 ounces of gold as collateral. Now, when the loan gets repaid, you get your 40 ounces of gold back. But wait, a few years have gone by, and now your 40 ounces of gold are no longer worth $70,000. They're now worth 100000 And in the meantime, the lawyer charged you 3.5% per year for the loan of fifty grand. The property's also gone up in price. That, that investment property that you purchased. And instead of selling it for 200000 the price you paid for it, now you sell it for 300000 So your initial investment of fifty grand has grown by 100000 on the real estate side. So you've, you've tripled your money on the real estate. And your gold has also grown in value from 70000 to 100000 And meanwhile, you didn't have to qualify for that loan of 50000 Your lawyer was easily able to take collateral as security. You didn't need to send him three years of tax returns or send him an appraisal for the property. You just bring the gold over to his house and he gives you a check for fifty grand to buy the property. You still own the gold. He only takes ownership of the gold if you default on the loan. So when Russ talks about marrying together debt and gold, that's what he's talking about. He's saying maintain ownership of your gold, but leverage the gold where it makes sense. You got to do it responsibly. You don't want to put your gold at risk. It is your best asset. But if you want to use it to surgically improve your rate of return and make some great investments, gold is a wonderful tool to leverage in making other investments. I want to thank you, Mahin, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.